0: Several years ago, early on a Saturday morning, on a cold, wet Saturday morning, I get in the corral of a 26.2 road marathon that I had trained for. And by getting in the corral, what I mean is, if you're not a runner, um, what happens is, is they have signs that they post after the start line that gives a projected time um, that you would expect for this race to, to take you. So you would start with runners that are expecting to run about the same pace that, that you would be if you were in that group. So I get to that area of where I, I know I've trained for and what I'm expecting to run. And I'm waiting for the, the start to gun to go off. And my four children, two of my parents and my two parents are also there. All of a sudden, my second son, who happens to be extremely competitive, weasels his way through the crowd, gets to me, and is in somewhat of a panic because he says, Mom, you are not at the start line. And I'm like, Yes, this is where I'm going to start. He said, The start line is way up there, and you belong up there. And I said, No, babe, th- those are professionals. Those are people who have, do, like, do this for a job, for a living, and they have contracts with, um shoe, you know, sponsors and all of this. And I'm trying to explain this to him. And he's like, Mom, if you want to win, you have to start up there. And he he was just not having it. I get him back to my parents. Eventually the gun goes off and we all start. And a few minutes later I pass where my parents and my children are standing and realize that my son is crying. So while I'm running en route, I call my mom and I'm like, you know what's going on? Is he okay? What's the problem? And she said, he's just really upset. He feels like you did not start where you should have, that you belonged in the front and and he's worried that you're not gonna win. That was a bittersweet moment. And I want to tell you about it. That has stuck with me all of these years, partly because of the way that my son saw me but also because of an interesting conversation I had many miles later when a lady caught up to me, a lady that had overheard that original conversation with my son and saw my children at like mile 10 or whatever at an aid station. And she asked me a really important question that I have thought about all these years later. I want to share this story with you today because what I began to realize is that I was beginning to instill some concepts in my children that I don't even really know that I can take credit for being intentional in it. It happened a little bit on accident. And yet now I recognize the value of what that experience began because It did actually cause me to think about why my, what I thought was so normal was actually not as normal as I thought. And why was that? What was it that I was doing that was creating this relationship with my children that looked very different than what other people were experiencing And it really started a thought process in me. It really began to help me identify and come up with, quote unquote, my why for why we do sports the way we do sports in my home and why sports has changed the way I maybe had initially thought about parenting It also is something that I have used to help me, for lack of better words, to help co-parent my children. And I want to tell you about the question she asked. I want to tell you about the thought process that started and what ended up happening. Because if you have children in sports... If you have children that are involved in music, if you have children that are really involved in the robotics teams or whatever that they are very dedicated to, I learned something that was very, very valuable, and it has changed how we do family. And I can see now all these years later that it actually has served us very, very well. So let me do a formal introduction. I will see you back on the other side, and I'm going to tell you about the rest of this story. Welcome to the Uplift Effect podcast. This is Jill, and I am the host and owner of the Uplift Effect Coaching and Consulting. I transform moms from and children from chaos to calm. That is my calling. It is what I love doing. And you are going to hear evidence of the two things that bring me to this podcast. First and probably most importantly, I am a mother of four children. And while they are not all tiny anymore, I have three teenagers at home, which, oh my goodness. And I have one uh, young adult that is in college. But the other thing is I come to this with a background as a grief and trauma therapist and have spent years helping families in crisis. And if you're wondering about the V formation, the birds, the logo, head on back to the very first episode. It's a very cool story. It is well worth a listen and it will help this all make much more sense. I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram. You can find me there. I also have a YouTube channel. Maybe that's how you're listening. But if you would like more information and how to work with me more directly to transform your chaos to calm, You can DM me through those avenues. Thank you so much for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. Okay, I'm back. So here I am in this twenty-six point two road marathon at my in my local hometown, and I'm coming to I don't know I think roughly mile ten. There's an aid station, and from the distance I can see all four of my kids. They each have water cups of waters in their hands to give me, which is by the way way more water than I could have managed (laughs) to get in. Um, And you know they're kind of jumping up and down, mom, 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 and and they're excited to see me coming around the corner and I start to walk. I, I take each of their waters. Um, some of it I, you know, drink. Some of it I pretend to drink and talk to them a little bit and they ask how I'm doing and I thank them for being there and give them kind of hugs and kisses a little bit and, and then say, okay, I've got to get on my way. I got to get going. And um, so I as I kind of leave that aid station area, I have this lady kind of come up beside me. And we were running together and she says, I, I hate to disturb you. And I was like, oh, it's okay, it'll, you know, help the miles pass. She says, Can I ask you about that? Are those your four kids? And I said, Yeah, they're they're my kids, all four of them. And um, and she said, Do you make them come to these? And I was like, "Oh no, I, I don't make them come. They they want to be here." And she said, "I, I just got to ask you a question: How do you get your kids to do that? How do you get them to be excited in what you're doing?" And you know, it caught me totally by surprise. I did not really have an answer, and I felt kind of bad. I just was like you know well I don't you know and I, I stumbled on my words a little bit she then began to tell me she said I have kids she didn't have four kids but she said I have kids and thank goodness I can drive after these marathons because they're not at all interested in what I'm doing they're not interested in being here definitely not interested in uh being in you know this weather and whatever um and And I just felt for her. I felt bad because I saw in her a desire to have what I had with my kids. And we chatted and then kind of went on our way. But I will tell you, that question that she asked me has stuck with me. I journaled about it for quite a long time, trying to understand and unwrap a little bit about what I think um, I could have said in that moment. One of the things I want to say uh, to give credit where credit is due is I believe that the long story short here is that I have always been fully invested in whatever it is that my kids were doing. But I learned that because my parents have always been invested in what I was doing. As a kid, I did a lot of music, and my parents were very involved in that. But even as an adult, my parents were very involved in that. I mean, oh, by the way, at that race, my dad videotaped. (laughs) He videotapes all of my children's sporting events And he videotapes mine too. And I think that I was just intuitively modeling what I knew and I wasn't even aware that I was doing it to an extent that was going to reap the benefits that I was then experiencing. I have always been invested in what my kids are doing because I want to do life with them. And I don't mean that I've just shown up for the games. That's not what I mean at all. I've watched the practices. I know the plays. We've talked about all of the finer points of every game that they've played, every sport they were playing in whatever season. We talk about it in the car. We talk about it at home. And we for sure talk about it after the games. And there have been times where I was working away from the home um, and would have to show up to practice late. I was still asking them about it. If you're a parent that is not able to make it to practices, that's okay. Because the other thing is, is that I was still looking at the things that sometimes the football coaches would send play sheets home. I looked at them. We talked about them. I asked them. So what plays are you working on now? What is it called? So what's supposed to happen? What is your position? What is your part in that? Was it working? What are you worried about in a game? Do you think that's really going to work? I have been investing in them and their sports from very, very early on. And what that mother brought to my attention is, is that what was being reciprocated my children being obviously then invested in mine is a byproduct, I believe, of having invested in them. One of the things that I believe has happened is that they were also modeling all that they have ever known. And what that is, is this we in this house, we do life together. If one of us is doing a sport, we're all doing the sport. If one of us has a game, Usually, we're all at the game. I've thought about that mom a lot over the years. And as I journaled for some time after that event, I began to write out and, and more specifically identify ways in which I think that I have invested in my kids that she was seeing come full circle I didn't realize that what I had was all that abnormal. But as my kids have gotten older, I've then noticed it. I've noticed that my kids have always been deeply invested in whatever sport because I have done a lot of them. I have done unfortunate for them. I then stepped up uh, my game a little bit and I started doing triathlons and I started doing ultra marathons and trails up in the mountains. And oh, by the way, those are at least 50 Ks. We're tar- talking about 31 something miles. That is hours in the woods. And I, that particular son, um, uh, that day, over the years, I mean, has been in tears if he thought for a second that he was not going to be able to come into my race. My kids have asked for me after, in a, if I had a 20 mile training run, they've asked that I save miles for them so that they could run the last mile or two with me. My third son would always want me to save the last four miles so that we could run to the lake and back here on the farm. He saw me in some really tough miles. Those last four miles are not often pretty, I was overheated. I was sick. He was handing me waters. It was hilly. He had to pace me in quite a bit of it. He would run behind me so that I felt pushed. He would run in front of me so I could kind of just imagine um, him pulling me through. And we did a lot of what I call mind games to help me get through those really, really tough miles. My children have seen me suffer and push through and get through and succeed. And because of that, I think that they were invested in race day. But all of that I do believe comes because I invested my time and my energy and my attention to whatever it was they were doing. If I could be at those practices, I was at those practices. And one of the interesting things is one of the days at one of the baseball practices that I was at, both of my boys were on the same team, and I heard the coach say to the kids something that I immediately got my phone out and wrote in my notes, and it's still there all these years later. He said, guys, panic will always lead to another mistake. You have to know what you are going to do before the ball is hit. Now, the kids were, they were working on defense. And I thought, that is so true. Panic leads to a mistake. You have to know what you're going to do with the ball before the ball is ever hit. You have to be a step ahead. You have to be a couple plays ahead. You've got to know what is what your plan is. If that ball comes to you, you've got to know based on who's on what base and what's happening and, and how many outs there are, you've got to know what you're going to do. That is is thinking ahead, that's called being a good athlete, and that's called living intentionally. It's no different than parenting. Now, I can't tell you that that lady's question, that I had an answer for it. You remember I said I didn't really have an answer for it because actually I hadn't really thought that out. I didn't recognize that what I had was all that different. I think in some regards, I think I thought that that's what everybody was doing and what everybody had. But I began to write and journal because I recognized that I was on to something, that my parents had taught me something that was really important, and I could carry that further. And I could teach my children some things that I believe were really, really important things. Still to this day, I am reaping the benefit of having been at their practices, knowing the plays, talking to them about what was going on, what had happened, interacting with them in the car and at home about all different aspects of the sport that they were playing at the time. My oldest is in college, and I still talk to him every single day. I still know about what he's training for and and the miles he's running and what his pace is. We still talk about what little injury he may have that's creeping up. We talk about his job. We talk about his school. In this house, we live and we do life together. In this family, we live life and we do life together. And parents, I will tell you whether your child is involved in sports or the debate team or the robotics team or music, it doesn't matter. The same concept applies. If you want to have a relationship with your children that you will enjoy for years and years and years to come, it takes investment of time and energy and attention to what they are doing. And what I accidentally found out is they reciprocated. Now, one of the funny things that has happened that day of that marathon, no, I didn't win. My son was probably very disappointed. (laughs) But I set a PR. Matter of fact, I set a really big PR for me. And one of the things I have been able to teach them more by them attending my events than me attending theirs is that it's not all about winning. It's also about doing your very best, setting PRs, and getting better. Now, I have gone on to being on a podium and placing. I've won my age category. I've won overall female in competitions and races and things that I've done. But it hasn't always been that way. And they have seen me have to drop out. They have seen me struggle. They have seen me very, very sick. And they have seen me continue to show up and start the next race. And I have also been a part of all of those moments with them. And we've talked about it all along the way. You can do that with your children in all aspects of whatever it is that they are very passionate about, even if it's art and, and competing in art exhibits. If they are passionate about it, my suggestion to you is, is that you become equally passionate about it. I've had to learn some things about football. Not to give it all away here, but in Pee Wee ball, I knew that when a Titans play was called that it was a freeze play. And I knew that that offensive line had better not move. I knew what to expect on all of those plays because I had talked to my children about what the plays were. Now, of course, that was peewee. It's not high school, so the plays are totally different. So I don't know who's listening to this. We don't have that play anymore. <laughs> I'm sure we have freeze plays, but they're not called that. Um, but in peewee ball, that's what it was called. And I walked the fence. I heard the play. I knew what was expected. And we would talk about where the, the the miscommunication happened. What ended up happening? Why did the team jump and move on that freeze play? Was it a mental mistake? Was it a lack of communication? What happened? And when you have a quarterback as a kid on the team, a lot of that he is somewhat responsible for. So we talked about that. How can you be sure that everybody on the team is mentally with it, that knows what to expect, and knows what the next play is? So I hope today, if you are a parent of kids, your child is passionate about something. I know he is. She is. He or she. Whatever your children are passionate about, I would encourage you to become students of whatever it is that they are passionate about to become equally as passionate, to join them in that passion, to find a way to be involved in it so that you can talk with them about it and interact with them about it and learn about it with them. Have them teach you about it. That relationship that you are investing, the time, the energy, the, int- the attention that you are giving them is going to serve you for years and years and years down the road. I'm asked all of the time, what is the best advice that you can give? I just did a huge parenting academy and I did a survey and I'm getting surveys back. And I will tell you that that question is coming up a lot. What is the best advice you could give to parents to build relationship with your children? And here it is become involved in what they are passionate about and what they are doing on a daily basis. And as far as me and my house, we live and do life together. What they are doing, I want to do with them. And what they are passionate about, I will be passionate about with them. And the relationship that develops from that is where the gold is. It's what's made all the difference in the world in my relationship that I have with my kids. And I want it for you too. I wanted it for that mother in that day that I met that stopped me. And you can have it also. Thank you for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. I hope this has given you some good creative um, ideas today. Implement it. Think about it. Try some of it and see what happens I think it will make a huge difference. Have a great day. I hope to do another one of these on Thursday. I'm expecting to to start doing more than uh, one podcast a week. I'm thinking two. We're still recovering from COVID at my house. So um, some days are a little iffy, but I hope to talk to you on Thursday and have a great week. Bye-bye.